0: Welcome to another episode of Salvation Solutions. I am Aviance.
1: I
2: am Aramis. And I am Pastor D.
0: So today we are going to speak about occupying. Because as you said before we started, you noticed that a lot of people are being more of a, of a business mindset. Mm-hmm. That That is the thing right now. So a lot of people, without probably knowing, they're actually talking about occupying. Right. right. Occupying territory. So I think it's good that we're talking about this. So how do you want to lead into it today?
2: Well, um, occupying is is a direct um assignment of the church and the church the church has a responsibility as the governmental agency of the kingdom of god to occupy uh, jesus spoke a parable that we'll get to uh at some point during this podcast that dealt with the responsibility and the role of the church until he returns um, and so we we're talking about expanding the kingdom of god um, and and why are we talking about expanding the kingdom of god because that's what man was given way back in Genesis is what Jesus came to restore. And it is the mandate upon the, the church of God, which includes the individual members, uh, which is the body of Christ, the church of the living God, you know, the church of the firstborn, the governmental agency of God. So all of those things um, we're, we're required to do in Luke's gospel, the 22nd chapter, verse 29, Jesus made a powerful, I'm talking about a powerful statement to his disciples. You know, he, after he recognized that they had been with him through all of his, t- his temptations, you know, he was in the garden and he was, you know, literally sweating uh, drops of blood. Um, and just to be clear there, it's been scientifically proven that you can get to a place to where you're under so much stress that your blood vessels can burst and it will ooze through your pores. That's the intensity by which Jesus was dealing with when he was in the garden. And he went through that so that we can be the kings and queens he's called us to be once again. Think about that. He gave his life so that we can be kings and queens, and we run around here being religious. Now you see why I want to go, you know, do some things with people at times. Why you need to tell folks some stuff at times, because 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 my Lord gave his life for us to be kings and queens, to be occupying, to be taking over cities, and we run around here talking about God want us poor and God want us broke, and we can't do this, and we ain't this, and we only human, and and, and we all still sinners, and we can't do this,
1: you know. Well, re- religious people can can look at it and say, well, Jesus didn't take over cities. Jesus didn't uh, you know, conduct business everywhere he went. Jesus didn't uh, you know, put himself in a position to to, to rule and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, logistically, I'm saying, you know, right. we, we know what the real story is, but right.
2: what, what what do you say to that? We said I say that's foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> I say they're ignorant. That's what it is. Ignorant mean not to know. They yeah. don't know better. Right. right. I mean, I'm not being offensive. This is ignorant. Yeah. They don't know better. He shut cities down. Mm. I'm talking about he shut whole cities down. He took over cities. Like they say the whole city would come out and see him. Mm. The whole city would stop what they're doing and come come to the house where he was. And but try did he actually field. do business? He did business. Not only did he do business. Listen, listen. oh my goodness. He, <laughs>
1: you see what I'm trying to get at. <laughs>
2: no, exactly what you get at. In <laughs> their mind. But not, not only did not only did he do business, he disrupted corrupt business. Mm. Remember when yep. he went into the temple? Yep. yep.
1: yep. Start flipping tables. Start flipping tables over. Not
2: only did he establish order and and, and do business the right way. Remember Zacchaeus? Mm -hmm. Zacchaeus started doing business the right way. Jesus Jesus established a whole new, a whole new culture of how to make, manage, and multiply money and why you are wealthy. Like he changed he every all those little composites of experiences represent the whole, the big picture. And that's that's what it's all about. He gave us glimpses of kingdom life. What Jesus was demonstrating was how we to function in the kingdom globally as a whole. Those little pockets of, of things that we see, those are just pictures and windows to see inside of what the kingdom really should function like on a daily basis regularly. These things should be manifesting all the time. We should be running cities. We should be taking over cities. We're going to see that in one of those parables that, that Jesus not only ruled and took over cities, but he impacted cities in every aspect and every facet. So that's the mandate that's on the church. He said, listen, he said, I'm going to appoint unto you a kingdom, right? I was in a conversation the other day and we were talking about legacy, and, you know, our, you know legacy is supposed to be a, a big thing now. What kind of legacy are you going to leave? Well, what most folks don't realize is that Jesus left us a legacy as well. And that legacy was the kingdom. In Luke's gospel, 20, 22, 29, he says, I, I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father hath appointed unto me. That word appoint that means to confer. It literally means to, to arrange one's affairs, to make a testament, to make a covenant with, to make to make one a testator. That's one who receives the legacy of the one who left it. It literally means definition of that word. It literally means to leave a legacy. The legacy that Jesus left us is the kingdom of God. It's not religion. It's not. It's not no um, uh, 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 thing where we just we just make up whatever we want to make up. It wasn't heaven. It was the kingdom of God. It was rulership. It's the ability to rule. That's what he said to. That's what he said to the, the boys over in Matthew's gospel, twenty eighth chapter. We call it the uh, the ascension and, and the great commission, right? He says, "Listen, all power has been given unto me." Like I, I, I rule this thing. I'm talking about from heaven to earth, from top to bottom. I run this thing. Go ye therefore. In that statement, go ye therefore was the conference of power to the church. Mm-hmm. Now you go. Now you run this thing. Now you take over. Now right. you have dominion. Right. This is the man. This is how you expand the kingdom. The church is the agency that was called to expand the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. Church is supposed to expand. This is about expanding. This is about walking in the authority and the power that was given unto Jesus. I'm talking about from the top of this thing to the bottom from heaven to earth. Now you rule. Now we're going to find out how to rule when we start talking about binding and loosing. Right. That's kingly activity. Folks don't understand that. Right. Um, it says it says here's why. Here's why he said I confer to you all this power. Right. He says this. He says this that you may eat and drink at my table which speaks of prosperity of a king. The king's table. I'm talking about the king's table, like, like I, that's why I love watching those archaic type movies with yeah. this king, and they they really de- depict what kingdoms look like. Yeah. I'm talking about the king's table. You could feast that for days. Feast. That's a feast. I'm talking about it's it's, it's 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 a feast that's representative of the prosperity of the king, right? Remember when the woman from from Egypt, the black woman, came yes. and hung out with Solomon? Mm-hmm. Man, the Bible says. She had no more spirit in her when she saw the the glory of his table. They were sitting at dinner and waiters was coming decked out in gold and fine linen. She's like, what? That that Bible says she was smitten. She was slain. She's like, oh, I can't. This man here is something else. This man here? Solomon represents the church. He's a picture of the church. He's a type of the church. Like the world should be slain by the beauty and the wealth and the glory and the splendor that the church functions and walks in. Because we're the, we're the representatives of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody slain by the church no more. Ain't <laughs> nobody you know, slain by religion. I,
0: I feel I feel a sadness. And we the should. reason why I feel a sadness is because I really feel that we have done ourselves a disservice Whew. as far as what we are supposed to do. And also, you know how they always say, if you can't beat them, join them. I feel like the enemy has done so well that's with exactly
2: Canada's what he's done, but he, that
0: he completely took our
2: power. He out. took over. He took over. He disempowered us. See, that's what he did. Well, that's what he did with Constantine. Constantine was his vessel to take over to, to not because they realized we can't be. There was a king before Constantine that tried to obliterate the church, but they couldn't do it. They kept growing. They kept multiplying. That's when they went into the houses. That's when mm. they started the house church movement. I can't think of this king's name. But then Constantine took over. He said, wait a minute. We got we got to come up with a different strategy. See, so what what the church was becoming so enormous in, in Rome that that they were they were on the verge of, of losing this war. And Constantine supposedly was on his way to battle. And he had this vision, this dream of, I think, a cross and the God he served or something else. And, um, you know, Constantine mama was supposed to be saved. And she talked to him about Jesus. So he had this vision and he saw how he could merge Christianity with his religion. And then that's why he embraced the Christians. Plus, he needed more folks to help him fight and win this war. Right. right. So then he adopted Christianity as the official religion of Rome. That's when the devil's joined the church. That's when he joined the church. And then he he he, he eliminated the house church movement. He made everybody he told him to go build all these cathedrals in every city. The same way we said about churches today is the same way he is a Roman Catholic structure. Right. And 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 they they took over the whole the known world. So he he merged. He stripped the church of all of its Jewishness, all of our our roots and our heritage, all the festivals. He turned the festivals into holiday, the holy days into holidays. He stopped celebrating tabernacles, Passover, Pentecost and all the other feasts that's associated with our faith. He stripped the church of all of its Jewishness and he disempowered us. Religion disempowers. That's why we have done ourselves a disservice, because we've embraced this idea of Christianity that is a rooted in Christianity. Roman Catholicism, which has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. That's why we're walking around disempowered, powerless, talking about taking over the cities, praying our way to take over the city. That ain't going to happen. You can pray all night long. Listen, we've been praying for 400 years or however long we've been praying. 4,000 years. You ain't going to take over a city by praying. We're going to find out how you take over a city. We're going to find out in a minute. But the expansion mandate on the church started in what we call the, the commission. He says, listen, all this thing, I got all the power. Now y'all go, y'all go, and y'all make disciples, baptize, right? Uh, go you therefore is, is where the conversion of power took place. It says teach. That means to train. That literally means to enroll as a scholar. The idea is that I'm going to teach you so that you can go teach this. That's how you expand the kingdom. When they baptized people in their day, that was a confession by the pupil that I'm going to discard all of the philosophy, all of the learning that I've ever did, had before And I'm going to sit at your feet. Remember when Paul was on the road to Damascus and he got knocked over and he he was he was talking about that experience one time. He said, listen, I'm 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 a Jew above all Jews. Like I know more. I said at the feet of Gamaliel. But then he said at the feet of Jesus in the wilderness and he learned of him. He discarded. He said all that stuff I learned. Listen, I counted dung. I count that stuff as manure Man, that stuff don't mean nothing to me. But I want to know him and the power of his resurrection in the fellowship of his servant and be made conformable unto his death. I want to live like he lived. I want to walk in the power he walked in. I want to think like he thought. I want to speak like he spoke. That's what Paul was saying. That's what baptism was all about. Right. When you get baptized in water, John the Baptist was the only one who baptized. Pharisees baptized, philosophers baptized. Everybody had had a, some form of ritual that would that would um, express the commitment that you have to my philosophy, to my teachers to my ideas. Well, when John the Baptist, when Jesus said, he said, you need to baptize folks. You need to get a commitment from people. You need to get the commitment from them so that they can, they will be willing to learn and execute your policies. Because the, the second half of being baptized is not only am I going to learn from you, but I'm going to do what you say do. That's the idea behind baptism. I know it's completely different in religion.
0: That's interesting. So when you say that it's some sort of commitment, I'm thinking of people who buy into stuff. Right. So could could money be considered like a baptism because I'm paying you for a certain course or for uh for college. Like is that a source of baptism that's as that, well?
2: Listen, listen. <laughs> what you just said is the ultimate commitment. Yeah, like money. Folks put their money where their mouth is. That's listen, right. Yeah. Listen. Where your treasure is, yeah. your you that's where your heart gonna be. Yeah. That's where your, your your heart follows two things. Where you put your time, where you put your money. Mm-hmm. Where you put your time, where you put your money. Mm-hmm. Listen. You 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 get somebody that don't like um don't like going to Aramis's pancake house. I'm just making that up, mm-hmm. right? But you let them start spending time and start and start spending money at Aramis's pancake house. They gonna find they gonna end up loving Aramis's pancake house, mm-hmm. right? You see this happen a lot of times in relationships, right? I know I know a sister who who this young brother was trying to date her. At first she, she didn't think he was attractive. She didn't think you know whatever, but she kept spending time Damn with. It. Next thing you know, they married with three kids. Time, time, time and could money. really be
0: used as a good strategy right. tool.
2: Where your treasure is, they should your heart follow. When you spend your time and your money, your heart gonna eventually turn. You gonna look, you gonna look at that person like, "Oh, he is kind of cute. Oh man, she is a little cuter than I thought." That's how that thing works. But that's a whole, that's a relationship. That's a gospel love. We got time for that. That's a gospel love session. But what I'm saying is, we have to baptize, right? That's our responsibility. Teaching them to observe, that's prophetic instruction. I want to talk about that. Prophetic instruction. That's when I convey to you how to knowledge. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not, you know, doing what we prophetic, prophetic today like we was, we was on this clubhouse the other day. They prophesying, the Lord is gonna move you into this, and I see the Lord blood. Man, that that's not that's not kingdom prophecy. That's you just, I mean, I, I can look at Aramis' life. I can look at his gift, I can look at his determination, and I can tell he's gonna be successful. I ain't got to hear from God to say good. The guy I see God making you successful. That, you ain't heard nothing, man. You just looking at you just looking at my gifted. You ain't heard nothing. When God begins to prophesy to you, He's gonna give you the how tos. That's too general. The word of faith is the emphasis on the definite. Right. Like He gonna tell you how you gonna come into this thing. Right. He gonna tell you what you got to do, who you got to be friend, who you got to cut off. Like he's going to give you the prophetic instruction you need. The idea behind prophetic instruction is that I'm going to give you the how-to knowledge for you to manifest what it is you're going to manifest. See, he the, the prophecy that we actually give out today disempowers us more than it does empower us. Because we say God is about to do this. When God's sitting down resting, probably at, at the king's table feasting, right? He's going to give you prophetic words that's going to... Give you direction and how to go and manifest what He's told you to manifest. So we talk about teaching them. That's part of teaching is prophetic instruction to convey how to knowledge. All things whatsoever I've commanded you. And the, the last part says, hey, "I'm with you. Don't worry about nothing. I'm with you. Wherever you go, I'm with you. I'm with you. And when when Jesus is with you, man, all things are possible. That's the church.
1: I, I think I think that's important to 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 remember that part of the verse where it's saying, "I'm with you always." It's not saying, "I'm I'm doing it for you."
2: Oh, my God, son. You hit the nail on the head. Y- you know what I mean? Oh, my that, goodness. That, that needs my to be goodness. emphasized. I am
1: with you. I got your back. I,
2: right. I'm with you. I got you. But my
1: hands is in my pocket. My <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> work is done. I'm watching you, baby. <laughs> right. I'm making sure you get this thing. Right. 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 You I'm gonna go, go? If
2: you fall, I'm going to Exactly. That you want to go on them handlebars? I'm go ahead. I'm going to coach can. you. Come on. Play the game. Get up. Get up, everybody. That's Okay. I know. I know. I get it. But let right. us go. Come on, I know, I know, been tough. yeah Come on, let's go. It was tough for me in the garden. <laughs> right, right. It was tough for me on the cross. Come on.
1: A, right, come on. It, it, it's funny how people forget that. They think that that we're supposed to be just free and easy, delivered from everything, never have to go through any hardships yeah. or whatever. And and Jesus was the example of, of of the faith life. Like that was the faith life, going through the hardship and going through the pain. And it, listen, David cried out for a hundred days.
2: Listen, you might make me run around the room right now. Oh, 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 you want the room? You want the room? (laughs) (laughs) That's religion. They talking about all that stuff. There ain't ain't no life in that stuff, man. You right, son? Ain't no all that stuff they talking about. Ain't no life in that. That ain't life. That's religion. You talking about life? You talking about living this thing for real? Right. And there's gonna be times where you where you have to you have to press your way through, where you have to pray your way through. Where you got to overcome stuff that you got you listen you got you got to suffer long through some things. Right? You got to deal with some things. But the end. Right. But the end. Like Job saw the end. Jesus saw the end for the joy that was right. set before him. He endured that thing. This is the thing we got to endure. We got to go through it. Okay. That's part of the faith life. You got to go through it. But we got to be very careful because some folks, religion will have you thinking, God putting this on you and God putting that on you. No, no, he ain't putting that. He ain't putting no sickness or disease on you. Testing your trial. Ain't God. He said, he don't tempt any man with evil. So if it's evil, there ain't no God in that. Right. He said he wouldn't tempt you with that.
0: Probably didn't break that down
2: though. Break it down I mean, how?
0: I need I need you to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This whole testing thing. God testing you, right? Okay. <laughs> when, <laughs> or is there ever a time where God is testing us? And if so, what does that honestly look like to be tested from God? Because now everything is a test from God, no
2: matter what you go through. Right.
1: Well, I I thought you I thought you said something about this a few weeks ago. Right. There's a key key phrasing in there.
2: Well, I want I want I want to just I want to say this one thing about it. The Bible was talking about whenever the Bible is talking about the trial of your faith. It's just that it's the trial of your faith. Mm -hmm. It's the trial of what you believe. Right. It's about what you believe. If If there's ever a time of trial or testing, it's about what you believe. Abraham, remember, he's the example. He's the origin. He's the father of our faith. The trial was for Abraham. The trial of Abraham's faith was him to believe that what God said about his physical body was going to happen. That's it. All this other stuff folks talking about. I mean, I don't know where they get it from, but they they get it. It's it's what you believe. Right. But you can't believe nothing until it's been spoken. Right. Right. A lot of folks, a lot of what folks talking about. They're going through a trial. God ain't never He he ain't gave you nothing to believe because you ain't heard nothing. No, that that is the, that is the, that mm-hmm. is the manifestation of your decisions. Mm-hmm. You consequence it
0: right.
2: when God tries you, it's because he's spoken the word to you. You believe that word, mm-hmm. Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. You ain't got a child. Your stuff don't even work, but you're still going to be the father of many nations. Man, man, listen.
1: So what do you think about this? Because I, I'm looking at it as the, the, the phrasing is wrong, mm-hmm. right? God allowed Jesus to be tested. Mm-hmm. He didn't God test Jesus. Allowed. Right. 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 Right? I mean,
2: well, no, that that, uh, makes more sense to me. Right. 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 Well, well, part of the allowing idea is is there's a there's a course that every life has been given to take. Right. Within the framework of that course are the obstacles, the challenges, um, the the trials that you have to overcome. But it's in the framework of the faith life. Mm-hmm. Now uh, most people live outside of the framework of the faith life. Right. So what they dealing with is what they cause. Right. <laughs> right. Don't be trying to put that stuff on God. Right. But what they cause, it'll be like me. It'll be like me. Oh, let's take a perfect example. My back. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. So my back tightened up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I've been dealing with this since I've been playing football. Like it's a f- football issue. Right. My hip rotate forward. I, I when I start working out, I feel it. I could feel it in my body. I'm just uh, because I've been training my body for so long. I know when things are off. Mm-hmm. I know when my when I'm out of alignment. I normally go to the chiropractor once a week. Right. Because because, you know, I was sport when I was, when we was playing football. Listen, we got chiropractic twice a week. Massage wow. there. We got it all. You're right? a lot of aspects of your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So anyway. <laughs> That's a whole other pocket. So I got so I got used to getting chiropractic work. Right. So since I've been playing football, even since I stopped, I go to chiropractor often, right? So I started working out. I could feel my hips starting to slip, rotate.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I know better. I know better. But guess what? I didn't schedule my appointment for the chiropractor. A couple days later, a couple days ago, I'm downstairs, I'm working out. And I, I, I start my side, starting to twin because what happened when my hips rotate muscles back muscle muscles designed to keep bone in place. Mm-hmm. So whenever bones are out of place, muscle work, it starts to work to realign it. And when it can't realign, it, it'll st- it'll, it'll fatigue, it'll spasm, it'll strain. And I feel it. I feel it coming on. Yeah. I know all I gotta do is go get an adjustment. I know this. I've been doing this for 20 years, but I don't go get the adjustment. Downstairs working out. I make a movement that thing lock up. Oh, God got me going through this back pain. No, no. You yourself to go through that <laughs> I, I got myself going through that pain because right. I didn't go to the chiropractor like I know to go. Through. That's what happens in most people's life. Mm-hmm. They don't see it as clearly as I do. Mm-hmm. But that I bet you, if I sat down with so and so and I talked to him. Oh, that's where the thing went wrong right there. Mm-hmm. This ain't no God stuff. No, you brought this, you brought this on you right. because when you supposed to do this and you didn't do it. This is this is this. this, this you reaping what you saw. This is what it is. This is the manifestation of you not doing this particular thing, right? And that's what happens in most people's life, but they want to blame God. Like, I'm going through some test, and um, I'm going through some trial, and if God brought you to it, he'll get you through it. God never brought you to that, so you can forget about him trying to get you through it. That's one of the religious statements. <laughs> you went make.
0: in with God, go through
2: without him. Man, listen, no, this stuff, it, it really gets, bro, it really gets <laughs> he silly. brought you to it, get you oh, through it. Oh, that's what the folks say. That's what the folks say. <laughs> <laughs> he brought you to it, they'll get you through it. Yeah. Man. That poof, is one. Is that silly. is one. Wow. But anyway, but I anyway, I mean, that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what <laughs> happens. So when we talk about trials and tests, we gotta understand what, what when we're talking about trial, it's the trying of your faith. Bible says examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. That don't mean look at how many sins I've done all my life and look how much I done messed up. No. It's about anytime there's, there's an examination, it's not introspective of what you've done wrong. It's it's examining whether or not you're believing right. Are you believing what's been spoken to you? Yeah. That's what it's about. It took the me a trial long time is about to that. It's about get out
1: of that culture of ble- like you you go through this process of if something happens wrong in your life, oh I must
2: have messed oh, what up. What I do? have messed up that's so That is true. so hard to break. That's out. so true. <laughs> I, I lived like that for like 20 years of my life. Yeah. I mean, all you yeah. got to do is you got to be sure that I'm believing the way I'm supposed to believe.
1: Yeah.
2: And if I'm believing the way I'm supposed to believe, listen, the Bible says um um they that they that Desire to live righteous so, so go through trials and tribulations. There's gonna be some trials. Mm-hmm. James t- t- picked it up, the trying be your faith. It's much more prayer. It's all about your faith. It ain't about you personally. It's about what you believe. So we we gotta we gotta we gotta be able to differentiate between the religious mind of God, God, you know, putting sickness and disease on me, got me going through this, to your faith bringing you through the challenges and the obstacles that's in line with what you're believing. Right. Because, we're, because the world system is structured to be anti-faith, to be anti-God. When you decide to believe what's been spoken to you, when you s- decide to believe what the king has said to you, there's going to be some opposition. right? The kingdom of heaven suffered violence, mm-hmm. but the violent, the violent, speaking to the church, that word violent means to be compassionate, to be energetic, to be one who has a mind to possess, to be a Caleb, the violent take by force what God has spoken to him. We take it. That's the mindset. We bind. We loose. Right. We got to get. I want to get to that. I want to get that because that's important. Is this it? Yeah, this is right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking about the church is the agency for expansion. Uh, Matthew 16, 16 through 19. When Jesus was asking him, who do men say that I am? They gave him all kind of jargon. He said, well, who do you all say that I'm? He's speaking to his boys. Now, it's been with him in temptation. They still don't know what to say. Peter speaks out. Thou out the Christ, the son of the living God. I believe that came by the spirit. He, he just He just blurted it out. He mm-hmm. Folks start looking around, where that come from? He says, flesh and blood, hey, they didn't tell you that. You heard this from my father, right? The, the idea of the Christ speaks specifically to the kingship of Jesus. In the Jewish mind, the Christ represented the coming king that was going to establish the kingdom of God over the kingdom of Rome. So we right here we're talking about kingdom kingdom conversations. We're talking about kingdom stuff here. Thou out the Christ, the acknowledgement of his kingship, the son of the living God. Sonship means equality. Mm -hmm. Remember when Jesus said this, he said, my father has done this, right? And they said, they picked up bricks to start hitting him upside the head. He was like, well, why are you stoning me? He said, he says, for for casting out demons, you stoned me? He said, no, no, not for that. We stoned him because you said thou art the son of God, which makes you equal to God, right? Sonship means equality. It means to be able to function like God. Mm -hmm. That's when Jesus turned around and said, wait, 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 wait. It's in the word. They say ye are God's. It's in the word. But they weren't, they weren't ready for that. The religious folk. They weren't ready for that. But Jesus was making himself equal with God. He said, and then Jesus says, Blessed art thou Simon by John Blessed but has not revealed this unto you. But my father, which is in heaven, has revealed this unto you. And he said, Thou art Peter. So he renamed him. He said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I shall build my church. Catholic folk take that to think that Peter is the number one saint. Wrong, way off, right? The rock he was talking about was the revelation of him being the king of a kingdom. That's the revelation he was talking about, the rock he was talking about. That rock, that's what he. That's how he constructs his church. The church is supposed to be constructed, constructed on the revelation that Christ is a king, not a religious figure. He's a governmental figure. He's king with a government. That's what the church is supposed to be built on. We're trying to build a church on Christianity principles. That's why we're powerless. We're trying to build a church on religiosity. That's not what the church is supposed to be built on. It's built on the revelation of Jesus as a king and the kingdom of God. That's what the revelation of the church is. Once we get to that point to where the church is moving and breathing and believing this revelation of Jesus as a king and the kingdom. Now we're going to see cities fall. Now we're going to see cities come under the control of the kingdom of God. He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, and upon this rock of revelation of Jesus being a king and he came with a kingdom, it's what I'm going to build my church on. See, the church is the agency for go forth and, and declare that Jesus is a king and he had a government. And if you want to see the peace of God rule, if you want to see the glory of God rule, if you want to see our city um, eliminated, all these murders and all this, this perversion of capitalism, you want to see poverty eliminated, embrace the kingdom. Embrace the kingdom. You want to see all of the stuff we see happening in our community, in our society, you want to see all that stuff straightened out, embrace the kingdom. See, that's what it's all about. He says, and the church is the agency. He says this um, He says, uh, upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates of hell should not prevail against it. Now, what's unique is we got to understand what gates represent. Gates represented the place where the city council members who had who had influence on establishing the policies that would govern the city. They would go meet outside the city gates and they would discuss how they were going to run the city. So when he was referring to the gates of hell, he was referring to the policies and the practices that rule the world today can not prevail against it. They're not going to prevail against it, right? See, when we have kingdom policies in place, then we win. When we have kingdom policies in place. They're going they're going to, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the force and the might of the church. when We unite as one and we can put 10,000 to flight. One can chase a thousand. Two can put 10,000 demonic forces to flight. We can break every bondage, every curse over every stronghold over, over an entire city, but we got to come together under the mind of the kingdom of God.
0: Question. Speaking of today, right? So this whole thing about suppression with our voting again, right? Mm. They're calling it Jim Crow 2.0. Will that actually move forward unless we get this revelation? But the
2: church should be church. the church should be killing all that stuff. But the problem is, you got the church supporting it. You got the religious, I say the church. You got the religious folks supporting this stuff.
1: You guys might have to you fill get, me in on that. You
2: got the, the the evangelical supporting this foolishness. You want to fill them in? Well it's basically folks trying to uh, Republicans are trying to put policies in place to make it hard for people to vote. And it's called voter suppression. They coming up with all kind of I don't know the exact details of it, but they are coming up with different policies. They changing the time, the days. People or? Everybody. They changing it. But but wow. but they know, so for example, they're saying that they, they don't want anybody to vote on Saturdays, right? But they know most, most black folk gotta work, gotta work, but they can't take off work to go vote. Right. So they go vote on Saturdays. Right? Well, they—I'm sure they're looking at all the statistics, and they find out when did they get the most votes? Oh, they got them on Saturday. Who voted most on Saturday? This community, this group. Let's say, let's shut that down. Yeah. Right? So that's what they—they they come in with all kind of politics. Well, but see, but the church should be saying, No, 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 no. We ain't finna do that because the church is the kingdom is established on judge justice and judgment. Mm-hmm. This not just. This ain't right. You trying to you trying to put some foolishness in the game? Right? No. The church needs to unite, and stand against that. The problem is. You get, quote unquote, Christian folk supporting it. They're just religious. But there's a remnant, kingdom minded folks that can even defeat them.
1: How are they justifying the it? I
2: don't know. A... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even get into that. My okay. focus on I, I mean, I, you know, I skim it. I skim through <laughs> right, it. I, skim, right. I, don't, I don't waste time on that stuff. Because uh, the church, if the church would just come together. Yeah. See, but well, the church shouldn't be affiliated to no Republicans or no Democrats. We're affiliated to the kingdom of God. Now, how you line up with us is how we how we get down. Right. You line up with me. Then I get down with you. If you don't, if you over here, then uh, get out of my way. Right. Right. But we we want to be we call ourselves. You know I mean, it's just I don't know. It's just ignorant. You get you get, quote, unquote, Christians, you know, Republicans, Democrats. That ain't you. You are you born again? Are you the kingdom? Are you the kingdom? Of God, you love the Lord. Then you, you're a kingdomite. Right. You know, Republican, you're a kingdom. Right. And you vote kingdom. Right? I but like you, that you, kingdom so, I, right. You so caught You so caught up, so like caught up in Democrat That's all foolishness. That's all, but they don't realize it. Because we're we're brainwashed in the thinking Christianity and the thinking religiously, and we don't know better. When it's all about kingdom. The kingdom is a government in itself. So you pledge your you call yourself, you go to church every Sunday, you bring your tithe and your offering, but you a Democrat? Foolishness. You a Republican? Foolishness. It's foolish. You you imagine imagine me, imagine me imagine me imagine me imagine me going to practice with the Dolphins going to going to eat with all my teammates you know piss, spinning sweating working out and doing all that with Dolphins then come game day I go play for another team I'm cheering for the other team that's foolish but that's what we do yeah. we go to church every Sunday we read our Bible we believe we do this and then when it come down to vote we vote for all kind of things that is anti Bible.
0: It's really nothing to to vote for
2: that is Bible out there right now. Though. Exactly. Right, but that's why that's why the church we needs to be we need to, we should be our own we should have our own uh, uh, party I guess is the word to use we should have our own um, you know uh, uh, agency or compartment where the believers can come together and we can say listen this is what we gonna vote for you know I vote a block this is what we are gonna vote for we and it's all about justice it's all about order it's all about judgment it's all about ruling the way the kingdom would have us to rule right. that's, that's the other side of it we let the, we let folks say separate church and state. We don't have folk us from church and state. Silly. But he says this. I want to get to this. He says, I will give unto you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Right? Those keys are the how-to knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Uh, Luke later on talks about how, how the religious folk take away the key of David, which is the key of knowledge. David had the key of knowledge. He had an insight into God's precepts. That no other person in the Word of God talks about other than his son Solomon, right? So precepts are important because the precepts reveal the original thought of God. You have precepts which produce concepts. Mm -hmm. Concepts produce produce belief structures. But most folks, concepts are wrong about about their faith because they don't understand the precepts of God. You got to go all the way back to the original thought. I'll give you an example. I was listening to somebody talk about marriage. Right, and they were talking about they were coming up with all kind of stuff, and but well, if they don't do this, and if if this ain't the spouse, and if this oh, like, nothing that person can talk about it will ever be right, because what they were talking about was flying directly in the face of oneness, which is the precept of marriage. Mm-hmm. It's the original thought of marriage is oneness. So if all of my concepts about marriage aren't rooted in my in my understanding of the precept of oneness. Ain't nothing I can tell you gonna be right.
1: Careful now. Careful now. Meaning? Folk like to keep their bank account separate. That's a problem. That's a problem. (laughs) That's a problem. We can't, I mean,
2: I I don't
1: want this person getting into my money just in case. Just in case. That's
2: a problem. Too much space right there. That's some space. That's some space. I'll even I'll even I'll even give folks benefit of the doubt. You can have your own bank account. But oh oh
1: what's, what's going on over here? What's <laughs> well, going because her on? This her experience
2: isn't the pod, the podcast for, for me, that. but I feel differently about. Right. Well, oh, I think okay. we should have to. Be. Right. I mean I mean I understand okay. my I understand the thought. I felt some steam
0: coming. Oh man been, I, I didn't
2: mean to say no. no. when you, no, no, when, I, when I, you've I, been betrayed like she's been betrayed she should feel like that. Oh to be well yeah. Right. But but the thing is the thing is the idea behind it is oneness. Right? In everything. In everything. And everything like like I even get folks benefit out. You can have separate bank accounts as long as you as long as you, you see your money as one as one unit. OK, you got bankers separate bank accounts. Damn, as yeah. long as long as that's our money in your right. bank account. Right. That's even though your name, that's my money, too. Right. Right. The idea is oneness. So everything that that I tell you is coming through the filter of oneness, which is the precept of marriage. You don't hear folks talking about oneness today. I was the preacher. I was. You could tell you could tell they, they live separate lives. She got her life and he got his thing. But we partner. They use the word partner. We part partners in life. I
0: have been oh hearing that word. Partners
2: in life. See that that yeah. is too much space with that. It's too much space. Remember, ain't no space in love. Ain't <laughs> no space in it. Ain't no space in love. No, I am your space, <laughs> I'm all the space you need. Lord. You mean you mean when the officiators up there and he's saying this blessed oh, partnership? Man, that's man. that's not. people using that word? It's my partner. Yeah. I go to you when I need you. Yeah. yeah. That's a, it's, a, it's a business arrangement. That's how they think no man you get lost in i get lost in you and you get lost in me that's love that's oneness if you don't have that somewhere down the road you're gonna have problems <laughs> the enemy's crossing out the door He waiting he's waiting, he looking He looking he's gonna get up in there yeah. too much space anyway he says i'm gonna give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven listen whatsoever you buy that's king the activity see well, what would happen is this whenever whenever a a king took over territory he would send an ambassador to that particular territory and that ambassador would go with the army. He would go with an army of folk, like to get stuff done. They would go to that territory. Now, now that'd be like, that'd be like me, um, being the king of Buffalo and I establish a, a, a culture here in Buffalo. Then I go and I take over Syracuse and I point you as my ambassador to go take over Syracuse. And I say, Hermes, mm-hmm. I want you to turn Syracuse into a Buffalo. I want to be able to come to Buffalo and I want to be able to come to Syracuse in three years. And I don't, I don't, I don't even know I'm out of Buffalo. That was the idea. It's called colonization. Right. Jesus came during a time of the most influential and, and the most, the strongest government that will colonize. before Jesus came, before Jesus came or before the Romans took over. What would happen is I would go and take over Syracuse. I would go and I would, I would burn down Syracuse and I would bring the people back to Buffalo. Well, what would happen? The Romans changed all that. When they were going and take over Syracuse, they wouldn't burn it down. They would preserve it and it would preserve the people. Right. But then they would send an ambassador to colonize that kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven yeah. to colonize that particular territory. And they would say, turn Syracuse into a little buffalo. Now, you would go to Syracuse, whatever you saw that was not in the same culture of buffalo, what you would do, you bind it. You say, no, 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 that's over with. It. No, we don't talk like that no more. We change the language. First thing they'll do is change the language. No, we don't say we don't use that language anymore. We don't speak Buffalonian. We speak Syracusian. If I can make that word up. We don't speak. Buff- we, don't, I mean, we don't speak Siacusian anymore. We speak Buffalonian now. They mm-hmm. change the language. They change the customs. They change the culture. Well, we don't eat that. We, we, we eat like we eat in buffalo. They bind. That's the idea right here. That's kingly activity. They bind. And then when they wanted to establish something, they loose. Not only are we going to bind this, we're going to loose this into the culture. We're going to start doing this now. We're going to start saying this now. We're going to start thinking like this now. We're going to start playing these kind of movies. We're going to start listening to this kind of music. They lose what they want to lose and they buy what they want to buy. That's the idea of, of a king and how he would control and colonize a community. The church is designed to go into communities and say, well, you know what? That, that don't line up with kingdom policy. If we keep doing that, that's going to destroy the community. So here's what we're going to do. And we come together and we unite because we got the money to do it. We got the money to do it. That's why he gave him this parable. right? How much time we got? I got time to get this? Good. We get, that's, that's why we're coming to this parable, right? Binding and loosing is kingly activity. Oh, I need you to adjust this, babe. <laughs> uh binding and loosing is kingly activity.
1: Locking this thing up. I ain't trying to go
2: over time. <laughs> she said five minutes. I'm talk to you. Yep. Right. <laughs> so what well, what I want to get at is this, is this the foundation for kingdom expansion, and I mentioned it briefly. Is the, is the, is what we call what folks call the disciples' prayer, which I call what they call the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer. Yeah. Some folks call it the disciples' prayer, which really is the prayer of kings. It's the prayer for colonization. Our Father, shall so in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it's in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. It's that prayer, right? Well, there's an order to that prayer we talked about. Hallowed his name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Most folks want the want, want the will of God to be done in their life without the kingdom, without embracing the kingdom. Kingdom can't come until you hallow his name, until you exalt his name above your name. You can't, you can't, you can't, you won't connect to the kingdom's cultures and policies and laws and ways and love and hope and faith and all the stuff that come with it. You won't be, you won't, you won't embrace meekness. You won't embrace temperance. You won't embrace peace. You won't embrace none of the fruit of the spirit. You won't embrace none of the, 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 personal, uh, characteristics that's revealed to us in the beatitudes. You won't, you won't embrace none of that stuff. If you don't embrace none of that, the will of God can't be done. I'm telling you, this thing is all screwed up, but we got to fix it. Right. He says he says that is the prayer for expansion. But the but the actions and the execution of expansion we find over in Luke's gospel, verses 11 to 27, when he talked about the parable of the um, of the of the king who was the the prince who was going to take over a particular territory. He says this and he said um, he added this parable. Jesus told him this parable because the folks who was following thought that the kingdom was come and he was going to immediately appear, that he was going to immediately establish the kingdom of God over the Roman uh, authorities right at this particular moment so he gave him this parable to give, bring clarity to how they were thinking he said this and he said a certain nobleman, man which is that no man represents a wealthy prince what's a prince a king in waiting a prince is a king in waiting what determined when one left princehood into kingship was when he possessed territory when one was given territory he he went from being he went from being a prince to a lord you hear it all the time in these movies we're talking about, right? They start calling them Lord. lord what determines your lordship was, was property. That that's why we have when people yeah. bring home, we call them landlords, yeah. right? So you, you go from being a prince to being a king or a lord when you receive property. It says there was a wealthy prince went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom because he was going to come into ownership now, right? This is a picture of Jesus coming from a far country to the earth to receive for himself a kingdom. And then he's going back to heaven. Then he's coming back to get us, right? So this is the, this is all a picture of t- a type of Christ, right? And called his 10 servants. Now he had 10 servants. The servants represent the church. 10 servants and delivered unto them 10 pounds. 10 pounds was $50,000 worth of silver coins in that day, which is equivalent to 330000 today in our money, right? And said unto them, occupy. Occupy. This is the church's responsibility is to occupy. That what occupy means to do business, to possess territory, to trade, literally to act as a banker. What does the banks do? End up. They take your money, <laughs> right. they take your money, yep. that's just a small part of what they do, but they take your money, put it in their money multiplying mechanisms to make money for them. Mm-hmm. Then they loan you back money. No, no, they give you a small interest rate of 2, 1%, 1.0, 0, 0. 0. of your money. Then they loan you back your money and then charge you 5, 6% interest on it. Mm-hmm. Even though it's perversion of capitalism, but they're they, they multiplying money. Right. That's that's what that's what occupy means. It if it's focused on doing business and multiplying money, making money, managing money, and multiplying it. You should have a money-making mechanism, a money management system, and a money multiplying mechanism. This is what we teach in our building with God's Way uh program, right? He says, occupy till I come. But there were some citizens who weren't with it. This this represents the religious folk. There were they were citizens hated and there were hate means to despise one's ways. They didn't want to embrace the ways of the kingdom. Religion won't embrace the ways of the kingdom. They want to do things their way. The idea of religion is to approach God the way I want to approach God. It's to, it's to handle God the way I want to handle God. It's to view God the way I want to view God. That's what religion breaks down to. Right. He says he says and he sent messages after him, saying we will not have this man to rule, establish his government and order over us. So he said, that's cool. I'll deal with him in a minute. And it came to pass. When he returned, having received from the kingdom, he commanded when he came back, he wanted his servants to come to him and talk to him about what they had done with the money. Right? And we know that one, the one that's important is the one, I'm only going to speak to the first one and the last one. It says, the one came and he says, he said, Lord, thy pound, thy 50,000, had gained 10 pounds. So he went from 50,000 to what? 500,000? Okay, say 500,000, right? And then he says, and he said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, that good, that good servant. He says, Because thou had been faithful, and I want to make notice of this, of a very little, a very little, three hundred thousand dollars. Very little, three hundred thousand dollars is not a lot of money to Jesus, because he's a remunerator. He's a king. That's that's chump change. Mm-hmm. He says, because thou have been faithful, even though been faithful, even though it's very little. He says, listen, now I'm going to make you rule over ten cities. Reason we ain't took over the city is because we ain't learned how to multiply, make, manage, and multiply wealth so that we can buy a city. That we can rule the city so we can go and buy the waterfront. We can go buy the most expensive properties in the land. The idea of a king and, and, and these sub kings and these landlords was to go and buy the most expensive and the most popular, the most influential properties in the region. So that you can control what takes place in that region. The church is too focused on. The religiosity of praying and worshiping and prophesying instead of going out there and doing business and building wealth and then coming together and putting our money together. Why did he say this? He said it like this. He said, "Listen. He said, Israel, listen. Now, when you, when you come into your stuff, now don't forget who who, who brought you here. Deuteronomy 18. It was me who gave you the power to get wealth. Why? That you might establish my covenant in the earth that I promised to your father. It's to establish covenant. When we establish covenant in the earth, is when we come into a place of wealth." Now we're going to establish a covenant, right? That's why he told us to, be well, to, to gain wealth. But then, this this one did good. He came into a third of ten cities. But then there was one who hid his money, again representing. Uh, he lives in verse twenty-one. He says, "He says, well, what, what you do? With, what, what you do with the money?" I get? He said, "I hid it in a napkin. I put in a napkin. That represents death, lifelessness. Ain't no life in religion." Mm-hmm. He says, "I was afraid." That means to be filled with terror. That that, that word there in the, in the Greek it means to be filled with terror. God don't want us filled with terror. The fear of the Lord is not to be afraid of Him. It's to have a reverential awe that affects the way you think and affects the way you behave. He says, because thou was an austere man. That word means stingy, average, strict, rough, abusive, impossible to please. The problem with this guy is he don't know God. Religious folks don't know him. That's why they talk the way they talk yep. and think the way they think. He says, you wicked and you slothful, you lazy servant. Take what he got and give it to the one that has the right revelation. And that's the revelation of the kingdom of God. See, the key to us expanding the kingdom is coming into this kingdom inside and this kingdom revelation. Problem is religion won't allow it. Religion cut us off from all this revelation because it don't see things through the eyes of the kingdom. And I know we out of time. <laughs> How much time are we over? So, I mean, there's so much that we, we, we might have to even, we might have to come back next week because I know I zipped through this stuff. There's a lot that we can add, but man, um, this revelation of the kingdom is is i was sitting i was sitting at my study table just weeping i'm like lord this is this is over, it's too much it's overwhelming like i, I cut my teeth on the, on the, on the kingdom inside the revelation but he's he's opening it up now to a degree that he hasn't ever opened it up to me and i'm seeing it in a way that is 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 revolutionary god is he's he's coming back for a church that got it right and until you get a revelation of the kingdom of god We can't get it right. And I believe it ain't just me. I believe there's a remnant that God is releasing this revelation to that's going to release it and it's going to impact the world. It's going to impact the world. Right? We are called to be kingdom expanders. But if we don't have the revelation of being a kingdom seeker, remember it's kingdom seeker, kingdom connector, kingdom expander. We are called to expand the kingdom of God. We have the power. We have the right. We have the capacity. But do we have the know-how?
0: Gun.
2: done
0: <laughs> okay make sure you comment share he is He. he's keeping his mouth tight right now keeping his head down because there's so much more um, that he just, can feel Right. right you can just feel it in the atmosphere but we're gonna we're gonna cut it down now um so thank you for joining us um until then continue to stay blessed and stay safe